Well, good morning, church family. Welcome back to a new edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott. And this is Kevin. And we are here once again to uh, walk you back through this past Sunday sermon from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 19, which uh, was known here this Sunday as the anatomy of the unworthy walk. So we're getting into some of the <clears throat> practical application at this point of first couple chapters of Ephesians. Now we're really talking about these ideas of how you walk, what is the lifestyle in which you are called to live. And so the guts, yeah, we got into the guts the of guts. unbelief. Yes, literally. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a gutsy message. It was, yes. So, wow. Trying to think of where you go from there. But hey, really, we, have, we haven't had one of these podcasts really, for a few weeks. We got to start here. this off at the bay. <laughs> so we are, uh, you took a, you took a Sunday basically to, uh, just really break down the nature of what unbelief is. So Paul kind of, it is not maybe the main emphasis of this section of verses, but it is a very revealing section, one that you wanted to spend mm -hmm. some time just trying to shepherd people through. And so maybe just a helpful uh, way of review without maybe trying to go into every aspect of what we talked about on Sunday. Really, Kevin, if you could just help us answer the question of why do unbelievers do what they do? Yeah. Yeah, sinners sin because sinners are determined to sin. In other words, mm -hmm. we have a hard, calloused heart. That What this passage does, and really why I was thankful we could take a whole Sunday and focus on it, is shows us that our sinful condition is actually far worse <laughs> than we're inclined to believe. I, I just think we, we are all in... The, you know, all, all people are inclined to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And we're, we're inclined to think we're really not that bad. We just got a few areas we need to tweak. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a passage like this. And this is really the third time in Ephesians so far <laughs> that Paul has taken time to call out the depth of our depravity, the depth of our sinfulness, the depth of our wickedness. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you read through this passage and you're like, oh, um, Every part of me is corrupted by sin and and refusing to obey God. You know, I have this, I'm determined to sin and I'm desensitized by sin. I'm not even aware of how sinful I am. And so this passage really magnifies God's grace from the back end mm -hmm. because it's it's once you understand how sinful we are, then you realize, oh, now look at how glorious and how gracious is a God who has made us alive together with Christ. This is an amazing mm -hmm. salvation that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. So why then is Paul revisiting this for essentially, as you said, almost the third time here yeah, in this? It is. He's now trying to tell them how to walk and how to live. And so it seems like we're we're going going back to where he was in chapter two, right? With yeah. this whole idea of you know, you once were dead in your trespasses and sins. So what's what's the point of why why are we revisiting it again? What's what's the flow of argument that yeah. he's giving in this section? Well, remember who he's writing to. So remember what was going on in Ephesus. Ephesus was uh, this capital city of vice and wickedness and idol worship. 
you know, it had this, at the time it had the Temple of Diana or Artemis there, which was the seventh wonder of the world, right? So, I mean, this is a mecca of mm -hmm. cult prostitution, sexual perversion, all kinds of greed and, um, and uh, stealing and cheating. I mean, it, this, this was really in many ways mm -hmm. the stereotypical Las Vegas mm -hmm. of America. This was Ephesus. Mm -hmm. So Paul's writing to people who have been born again. They've come mm -hmm. to faith in Christ, but they, they're first-generation Christians, all of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They've never seen what it means to be a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. And so Paul, he spent time with them, but now he's in prison in Rome, and he's writing back to them, and he's saying, I, I, I want you to know how to live. I, mm -hmm. I want you to know that Christianity isn't just some intellectual enterprise. This mm -hmm. is this is a way of living. And so he starts by saying, really, you know, first 16 verses of chapter four are all mm -hmm. about, I want, God wants you to be one. Like all you Christians need to work together here. You have been made one. Mm -hmm. And now he's transitioning the second part of this chapter to, and you need to pursue a way of life together mm -hmm. that is distinct, that is holy, that is mm -hmm. different than the world. Mm -hmm. And so he starts right out of the gate by saying, so I urge you with the authority of Christ, you must no longer walk like you mm -hmm. used to walk. You mm -hmm. must not live like you used to live. And he's reminding them what you were doing before was was coming from a demo demonic root. Mm -hmm. It was coming from this, this willful refusal to see and know God and treasure Jesus and God has now given you a brand new identity, mm -hmm. a brand new heart, mm -hmm. and you are called to walk that out, become who you are, you know, mm -hmm. like live out who God has yeah. made you to be. This is the second straight week. In fact, he's used that no longer language. Yeah. In other words, it's very clear that this is this is a new person, right? Yes. Like you are no longer the same. And because of that, the, even though there is this... Uh, remaining temptation that might still be there it's really a, a call it seems like to live consistent with this new identity that's yeah. been given to you i'm still wrestling with this a little bit for this coming sunday as mm -hmm. we continue the argument i'm praying for god to give me help on this but but it's so to, to keep it simple souter mm -hmm. it's like he's calling them to live jesus mm -hmm. he's calling them it's like okay Jesus' Jesus's life is now your life. Jesus' mm -hmm. thoughts or Jesus' mind is now your mind. Mm -hmm. Jesus' peace is now your peace. Mm -hmm. Jesus' hope and future is now your hope and future. I mean, every we have mm -hmm. been given Christ, just like the song that we sang at the end of Sunday, mm -hmm. All I Have is Christ, and that's enough. Mm -hmm. Like We have been given Christ. Christ as our life. Colossians 3 says that Jesus is our life. Mm -hmm. He's not just some religion. He's not just some fire insurance. He's not mm -hmm. just some thing we add on to us and it kind of reforms us or changes us. Like, no, the life that I once lived, I've now died to. And now the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son mm -hmm. of God. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't this glorious? I mean, it's just, it, it makes me smile because... When you fully start to grasp the glories of our salvation, you realize this is a miracle. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely a miracle. Mm -hmm. The caterpillar has been transformed into a mm -hmm. butterfly. Like I, I am now a new creation in Christ.
And again, the depths of this that we, we've been highlighting here just also reminds us, you, you mentioned this is a miracle, meaning, in other words, this is something that is supernatural. Right, it's something right. It's not that natural. is done to us. So I know we, we've kind of alluded to this over and over throughout this series, but this is this is why that electing, saving power of God is so essential here, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, that no human in their own, based on what we learned on Sunday, is able to climb out of this pit of despair on their own. Sin is self-blinding. Mm-hmm. Sin is self-hardening. So mm-hmm. that's why Jesus taught in John mm-hmm. chapter 6, verse 44, no one can come to the Father less mm-hmm. or except the Father first mm-hmm. draw him to himself. It's this concept of election. God chooses to regenerate and renew mm-hmm. the human heart of stone by his amazing spirit's work. Mm-hmm. And that regeneration or that salvation, mm-hmm. that saving grace of God, then awakens faith mm-hmm. And so now the soul responds with responsible faith and repentance, but it would never do that mm-hmm. had God not first moved on our behalf. It's, I mean, it reminds me of a lot of what we've studied in the Gospel of Mark with our students, what we're going to be studying this year with our uh, series on people Jesus met in the hmm. Gospel of Luke. Yeah. It just reminds me that every miracle that Jesus performs for these people is a picture of the inability of what man can do on their own, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the blind man cannot see apart from Jesus's saving touch. The leper will not be cleansed apart from the saving touch of Jesus. The lame man will not be able to walk apart from the saving touch of it's Jesus, so right? Like, Jesus is essential, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> He's everything. Like, sure, these people are placed in situations where Jesus can work, of course, yeah. but apart from Jesus doing that work their their life will not be made new. yeah so this this leads me then to my favorite one sentence summary of the gospel mm-hmm. now i admit it's a compound sentence i use a <laughs> semicolon and a comma <laughs> but it's still one it's sentence on. it's a run on <laughs> very pauline <laughs> mm-hmm. but but this this is the good news i've learned this from jack miller who taught it to tim tim keller who taught it to Lisa fitzpatrick who taught it to me so so I, it's not original, but I, I appreciate it so much. And, and it is this truth. Cheer up, comma. You are far more sinful than you think you are, mm-hmm. semicolon. But in Christ, you are far more loved and welcomed and cherished and sung over than you could ever dare to dream or hope to imagine. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. This is the good news of the gospel. The gospel requires the, the truth of our sinfulness mm-hmm. and the truth of God's saving grace. This passage that we studied last week is going to walk us right into the school of grace mm-hmm. this coming week. Because apart from our understanding of our sinfulness, we will never appreciate God's electing grace. Mm-hmm. But once you understand, cheer up, you are far more sinful than you mm-hmm. thought you were. But in Christ, in Christ, you have been hidden in Christ. And now that you are in Christ, and Christ mm-hmm. is your life, and Christ is your mind, and Christ is your actions, and Christ is your love. Now that mm-hmm. you are in Christ, you are far more loved and welcomed and cherished and accepted and sung over by God mm-hmm. than you could ever dare to dream or hope to imagine. I mean, that is just such a glorious 
good news. Now let's lean into something you were saying there. You you, you mentioned this a couple of different times here that Christ is your mind, or you're called to put on the mind of Christ. The mind is a big emphasis here in Ephesians yes. four. You know, we talked about how in this passage here, how the Gentiles are exist in the futility of their minds. Yes. Um. You know, in the middle of the section here, he's going to be talking about how you learned Christ. He's going to be talk about later in verse twenty three. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So yeah, darken and um, understanding. So you know, like. Help, ignorance help us then understand <laughs> what what is the mind you know because i think we often think that the mind is essentially a mental uh mm-hmm. thing you know it's the brain it's you know how we think which uh is probably certainly a part of that but what is the mind and why has god given us isn't this glorious <laughs> so the mind is is the center of thought okay so it is the the uh, the exercise of thought but but the mind God created us with a mind, not just for information. Mm-hmm. See, a computer today can be full of information, but a computer is not a mind. Mm-hmm. A mind is is more than ones and zeros. A mind is a is a uh, a place of emotion and affection and desire. Mm. So, a mind is informed to desire. A mind is informed to love. That's why uh, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, right? Like we are to love the Lord with all of our mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, the salvation does is it gives us a brand new mind. Mm-hmm. Now in the scripture, it can be a little confusing mm-hmm. from a medical perspective because mm-hmm. it uses the word heart. Mm-hmm. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. It talks about the inner man. Mm-hmm. It talks about um, our soul. It talks about our, uh, even some passages talk about our bowels, mm-hmm. you know, the, the affections. Mm-hmm. So, so all these words are in some ways describing the inner person, mm-hmm. the real person, the heart and the mind are somewhat mm-hmm. synonyms in scripture. When I would when describe we, as maybe the immaterial, right? Right. The mm-hmm. inner man, the mm-hmm. immaterial part of us. But the mind particularly is the thought center. Mm-hmm. And the thought center is is thinking for the purpose of love, thinking for the purpose of desire. Mm-hmm. It's a thought center with direction. Mm-hmm. It's not just an information capsule. Mm-hmm. So God gave us a mind. He created Adam and Eve with a mind so that they would know God and love him <laughs> and desire him and treasure him above all else. This is why Adam and Eve were given a mind. To be created in the image of God is to be able to have thoughts. The mind of man is will always expand to the size of its greatest affection or its greatest treasure. You mm-hmm. could say it this way, the mind is elastic. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a balloon. You know, you blow into it. The more you blow, the bigger the mm-hmm. balloon gets. Well, the mind of man was created to take in the supremacy of Christ, Mm. to drink more and more deeply from the rivers of the streams of the throne room of God so that through the revelation of God, we could better comprehend, and and the revelation of God in Ephesians is called the truth. He's emphasizing Mm -hmm. truth over and over here so that as we understand the truth of God with our minds, our minds would expand bigger and bigger and bigger. In other words, we take in more and more of the supremacy of Christ and be more satisfied and more happy Mm -hmm. and more content in who Christ is. 
if we didn't have a mind, we weren't, we weren't, we wouldn't be able to be satisfied. We would not know happiness apart from our minds. Mm -hmm. So God gave us a mind so that we would be forever satisfied in the revelation of Jesus and happy in him. Mm. Isn't that glorious? It is. <laughs> but the sinful mind mm -hmm. suppresses that truth mm -hmm. and unrighteousness, refuses to. And so the, the sinful mind says, I reject the knowledge of God. And now I'm left to make truth for myself. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm left to worship myself. I, mm -hmm. I Instead of worshiping and knowing God, I, mm -hmm. I know self and I worship self. And mm -hmm. so I distort and pervert the very use of my mind. My mind is now mm -hmm. futile. It no longer works the way it's supposed to. So as we look at the passage from this last Sunday, we think about the anatomy of unbelief. The The real question then is, what what does this change? Yeah. What does this help us better think about? You know, really, like, what is just some practical application? Because it's great just to know. Yeah. But what is what does that translate then into how we we live, how we interact with the unbelievers who are in the sphere of our influence? What does this change? Maybe. Yeah. So a couple of ideas. First is just to apply what we've just been talking about. If God reveals truth to us so that we would better know Him and love Him, mm -hmm. this truth of our sinful condition apart from Him should cause us great humility mm -hmm. and awe. Mm -hmm. that we have been saved. Mm -hmm. It should cause us to say, oh, I never, I never, I, I didn't realize how sinful I was. I didn't realize I was, I was so hostile against God. Why would God ever have been so kind to me, right? So the first application of this might be praise, mm -hmm. awe, worship. Yeah. worship. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord, yeah. that I'm not that. You have made me alive. You've changed me from the inside out. You've given me a new mind. You've taken away my stony heart, and you've given me a heart of flesh. You fulfilled all of your I will promises of salvation. This is glorious what God has done. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is worship. Mm -hmm. Second thing I think is, is then a greater appreciation for praying for our lost one, our loved ones that we desire to be saved. Mm -hmm. We understand they will never be saved by any human mechanism, by any human manipulation, by any human persuasion. Mm -hmm. This is not a matter of just educating them enough or getting them in the right environment or just getting them the right resources. Mm -hmm. And just, this is, a, this is a supernatural miracle of rebirth. Mm -hmm. This is a mind transplant mm -hmm. that is supernatural and done mm -hmm. by God, not because we deserve it, not because we did any of the right works, but by his mercy, he caused us to be born again. And so I think what it does is it mm -hmm. drives us to be more prayerful mm -hmm. in our evangelism, in our disciple making, mm -hmm. recognizing we are seeking to work the miracle of grace mm -hmm. uh, by the power of God's spirit. Yeah. Think about that as, you know, a parent just knowing that there's no work that I can do to change the heart of our child, yeah. you know, like we yeah. cannot, um, you know, there's always that temptation, especially from a parenting standpoint, that we just want them to do the right things, yeah. right? And we can convince ourselves in our minds, well, because they're doing the right things that we want them to do, <clears throat> that means that, you know, change has really happened. And yet we have to remind ourselves that no amount of cleaning the outside of the cup changes what's on the inside. Yeah. And so 
that's just really helpful understanding that when we evangelize to lost people, whether it be our neighbors, whether it be people on the streets, whatever it may be, right? Family members that we have. Yeah. We're not seeking to just persuade them, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just seeking to use apologetics just to, to have an art, you know, to win an argument, to get yep. them to think yep. the way that we do. Yeah. Right. This is, this is something that is below the surface that we still have a part in, right? We still pray. We still, God yep. is calling us to do that. We warn, we um, teach, we admonish. Yeah. We, and really, I mean, it comes down to, especially for the parent, whether it be for the, you know, the neighboring, whatever it's, it's, there's a, there's a faithfulness that's there, right? Like there's, there's what God has called you to be faithful with, you know, the sower sows the seed and yep. walks away and God yep. is the one who causes the growth. And that's hard for our human pride, I think. Yeah, it's hard for our fear for me, you know, because mm -hmm. as a as a pastor or as a parent mm -hmm. or as a biblical counselor or as a disciple maker, there's this huge temptation to just try to manipulate control outcomes. and control outcomes mm -hmm. from my loved ones. Like, mm -hmm. I love you so much. I don't want you to do this. So let me what can I do to fix it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Second Timothy, chapter two, verses 24 to 26 mm -hmm. reminds us where's our responsibility and where's God's responsibility when, when Paul writes, the Lord's servant, so that's us, mm -hmm. must not be quarrelsome. Mm -hmm. So this isn't about winning an argument, mm -hmm. but instead must be kind to everyone, able to teach. In other words, keep proclaiming the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth will set them free. So God's mm -hmm. spirit uses God's word to bring new life. So keep getting the word in front of your children, keep getting the word in front of your counselee, keep getting the word in front of your 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 loved one, mm -hmm. patiently enduring our evil. In other words, mm -hmm. don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when people act out who they are apart from mm -hmm. Christ. Patiently endure evil. Correct your opponents with gentleness. Mm -hmm. Be gentle. Be humble. And then, and God may perhaps grant them repentance. Mm -hmm. So repentance comes from God. Mm -hmm. That leads to what? A knowledge of the truth. <laughs> Repentance leads to a knowledge of the truth that they may come to their senses. See, that's a new mm -hmm. mind. And escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Mm -hmm. So the devil who has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, he's got them ensnared with lies. Oh, what's the hope for them? That God would give them repentance, that God would cause them to come to their senses, that they have the knowledge of the truth. Well, how that's how is that going to happen? I can't control that. No, you can't. All you can do is just keep sharing the gospel mm -hmm. with them, being gentle, don't be argumentative, be kind, be humble, mm -hmm. be patient, and God will bring about his work in his time for his glory and our eternal happiness. Amen, amen. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm thankful for the time you've given to uh, just help us walk back through to really uh, get some application in mind for this passage this week. Um, looking forward to seeing how it all kind of comes together in this week's sermon, just really talking about that new life that we have in Christ. And hmm. so praying for you, praying for just clarity on it, recognize that the nature of sanctification is such a complex matter where there's, <laughs> you know, this now... God has made you to be this new person. There's this call to, you know, work out your salvation and understand that God is working in you yes. and what that looks like. Yes. So please uh, 
church be praying for that be praying for pastor kevin and uh we're looking forward to worshiping with you on sunday as we uh, continue to renew our minds in christ all together we love you church have a great week